Welcome back. It's halfway through the first hour of the show on a Thursday night, meaning it's time for hiking with Tim Lundy. He's feeling a little bit under the weather this evening, but he has uh, decided to push through. And we asked the question, how dangerous can it be to hike when you have been a little bit ill? Maybe you are still sick or maybe recovering from a little bit of a bout of a, of a, of a sickie or something. And if you have something as simple as a cold or minor chest infection, should we, you even be considering a hike? And how long should you be waiting before you even start hiking again? Tim Lundy is, of course, a, uh, reg- a registered tour guide and a mountain guide. He joins us every week here in studio. Of course, he takes your questions by, you can call us on 021-446-0567 or WhatsApp us 0725671567 with any of your hiking-related questions. Shame, Tim. Yeah, if I've, if I've got a bit of a husky voice, it's... Um I think Marlene would probably enjoy my husky voice, but, <laughs> but besides that, yeah, no, I'm just taking it easy and, um, yeah, it kind of brought on what we were going to talk about tonight. Uh, excellent. But before we do that, of course, we do have our weekly uh, hiking uh, safety and rescue recap. How safe have our mountains been? Yeah. So the rescues are just uh, usual. Um, a couple of people having to be airlifted out or, or uh, carried out. Um, Kind of the the seasonal stuff, so we've had about three or four this week, and um, yeah, it's. Uh, I think I've I've pushed it so many times over over the years mm. of of what we need to do and mm. what we should be be carrying water and and just being aware of um, what we what we're doing out there. Mm. Now, the, the, the today's topic about uh, being sick while hiking is is quite uh, opportune. So I want to start off uh, on the question of uh, would you hike in your current condition at the moment? Look, I, I know what my limitations are, so I wouldn't push I wouldn't I wouldn't climb plateau club, let's say that. It um because you're going to be exerting yourself and I think um the the GP that I saw would definitely Advise against that kind of thing because you're just putting your body under too much strain. Even with just a little bit of flu, it, it you're putting your heart under a huge mm. amount of strain, and it and can be very dangerous and actually fatal. It's the same as any, I guess, uh, uh, active s- sporting ac- activity Absolutely. about yeah. uh, running, playing football, um, while having a, uh, being sick or having a niggle. It's Absolutely. strongly ad- advised against. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, when I was lying there today, just thinking. Um, I, you've just got to be very careful about what you do and, and, and your body's trying to tell you something. You know, when you're really not feeling well, um, and, and you've got these sort of aches and pains, it's for a reason. It's your body trying to tell you, please don't go anywhere, don't do anything, don't, don't push yourself. Um, more than you need to. It's quite ironic as we talk, start talking about uh, the sick is I start getting the runny nose. But it's only got nothing to do with me. <laughs> because the air conditioner had just kicked in and it affects my sinuses. But anyway, we push we push through. But should you be pushing through? And like, how long should you be waiting before, you know, getting out of bed? Not even getting out of bed, just to relax and not engage in any physical activity. Look, I think it, uh, GPs would be able to answer that better than I could. But, you know, your body will tell you that uh, if you're not feeling great you know what you feel like normally on a, on a normal hike and if you're not feeling like that then it's not advisable um, three years ago we went to Scotland and um, I was going to climb Ben Nevis and I got very sick on the plane over which was probably about eight days before we even got to Ben Nevis and I got to Ben Nevis and I was like I just I know that I can't just even a, like 10 steps 
Mm. I couldn't couldn't do that without actually feeling like I'd walked 50 steps, mm. which is not normal. That shouldn't feel like it. And so, yeah, I didn't do it. What then happens if you're on a multi-day hike? And you know that these things slowly creep up yeah. on you. It starts like with a little bit of a, of a, of tickle a in the back tickle of your throat. In the back of, yeah. of your throat. I get a little bit of a, of a watery eye. Um, thinking of maybe just being in environmental conditions. And once you're on day one of a hike, or day two rather, let's say you've yeah, you, completed you're in, the day. You're in it. Yeah. You're in it. Should you push through or should you say, actually, guys, I may need to turn around? Well, again, I, I think it's, you've got to, you've got to take the whole sort of situation on its merits and, and see whether, whether you, you're capable. Um, at that point, you become the weakest link in the group. So whatever you are capable of doing is what the group is capable of doing. And you need to be very aware of that. And often we, we have this, males especially, will go, no, no, you just carry on going. It's fine. I'll be fine. And you kind of downplay it and you, you sort of be the man and everything like that. And when actually, uh, you are causing a problem for that group. Um, and it can be, can be fatal for the group. So the group leader or the group as a whole need to make a decision. Mm. Um, because it's not just your problem, it's a group's problem. And, and, and I'm sure you must have been in this uh, condition um, or this situation before as a, as a hiking leader, yeah. uh, whether it be a physical problem with a uh, physical niggle, whether it be something that's uh, more communicable, injury. Yes, or yeah. whether it be you know, an illness. Yeah. Um, just what, what factors do you take into consideration? Do you consider, okay, we probably... 45% into the small yeah. today hike um, where's the closest exit point to a, to a main arterial road to get back to a base or do you say you know there's probably better provisions for you uh, if we finish this hike yeah. what what factors do you do you, do you take into consideration so look something like a map would come in very handy in a situation like this because you kind of start to look around what is actually around you that you may not necessarily be able to see there may be something like a shelter or telecommunications that you could be get access to the outside world. Um, at that point, just trying to finish the hike is not the priority. The priority would be trying to get to help and trying to keep the group as safe as possible. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of stop, reassess what, what's happening, come up with a plan B, plan C, and take it as it comes. So every... 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you reassess that situation um, because mm. it can go down really slowly downhill mm. or it can go down really, really fast and then you find yourselves in, in deep trouble. Mm. You've also got to know what... Um, sorry, I'm just going to take a quick drink of water. <laughs> just to That's remind better. you, uh, Tim, Hi- uh, Tim Lund is in studio with us. It has a very, very topical uh, discussion this evening. We're talking about hiking while sick. He has a little bit of a, of a niggle. Uh, healthy enough to come into studio, but obviously not healthy enough to have a hike so we're going to be talking about uh, why it's probably not a good idea to to do some physical activity while you are still sick of course you can uh, ask him any questions relating to hiking give us a call 021-446-0567 or drop us a whatsapp 072-567-1567 what do you want to pick up there again Tim? Yeah, so you've got to you've got to have a look at at the whole situation and and how it's sort of progressing. Um, so it's quite important to at that point also take down notes of your your now patient's conditions and what their symptoms are, how that is progressing, how it's changing, and you need to have a look at you know 
you may need to change the plan again half an hour down the road because now it's actually got a lot more drastic. Um, something else may have happened. So you have to now really slow things down and really assess things constantly. Um, because it can it can turn nasty mm. quickly. We regularly talk about what should be in a uh, a first aid kit. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to um, uh, a little bit of a cold, is it uh, is it is it warranted to have maybe a little bit of cough mixture, maybe a um, uh, Carenza C uh, in your backpack? What what could you take to to maybe relieve some of the uh, symptoms without you know making especially making you feel drowsy yeah. while on while on hike. Look, one of the things you've got to remember with the first aid kit, which is terribly dangerous in this country, is that you cannot give people um, medication if you're not a doctor or a paramedic that is qualified enough to um, administer drugs. So something like cough mixture, which I have it on good authority from an EMT, is a complete and utter waste of time. Mm. It doesn't. It's more has more of a placebo effect than anything else. It doesn't actually solve the problem. It kind of masks the problem. So a cough mixture would kind of make you feel a little bit better, but it wouldn't be solving anything. Mm-hmm. It, um, it's a bit of a short-term solution to to the problem. So in first aid kit, I would say, yeah, the, I think anybody medically based would be able to answer the question better than I would. Mm. Um, but I wouldn't carry any cough mixture or anything. Even Maybe Carenza C you could, you could get away with, but again, mm. you're not allowed to administer it. Mm. Uh, but if if, so, if you're not a qualified but, but if person. I if if I have it in my kit if bag you have it in your position, I administer to myself, then that's nobody can stop you mm. from doing that. That that is perfectly perfectly legal. You can't we can't exactly prosecute you for uh, <laughs> sorting yourself out <laughs> medically. And of course, again, as we always say, lots and lots of water. Uh, yeah. when to to just keep you hydrated if Absolutely. you have if you are already on a on on a on a hike a multi day hike and you start You're feeling be that a lot more and i have been in that situation in fact when i did my mountain guiding um assessment um we got into the trail and uh, the group i was with were quite a fit fast group and we were covering a huge amount of ground and my condition started to deteriorate quite quickly on the second day. So the mm. f- first night, we, we we set off at 10 o'clock at night because that's what they do. They kind of throw you into the deep end. We got to the hut at like 3 o'clock in the morning. And then the next day, we started hiking. Mm. And um, I could just feel myself getting worse and worse and worse. And at some point, I had to actually admit to them that it was actually getting quite bad. Mm. And um, it actually got to the point where we were going to do an emergency exit because my I had finished three liters in one hour. Gosh. My body was chewing up water like it was going out of fashion. And actually, it did. We had to eventually find a spot where there was water. And I said to look, we're going we're gonna to finish this. We're going to mm. do this course. Um not if it kills me, but it, I mean, I ended up with, I think, 10 blisters and it was probably one of the toughest things I've ever had to do. Um, and yeah, you have to kind of reach deep and, but a reassessment the whole time. So the, the person who was, um, training or, or assessing us mm. kept on asking me, like, are you able to go on this route? And I was like, no, the simplest, easiest, fastest route we can get out of here, the better. And by, by the Sunday, I'd, I'd had enough. There are already a few questions coming through on the WhatsApp line. This one from Greg asks, which brand of thin um, uh, liner socks could I buy to help me reduce blisters while hiking? You know, look, it's a combination between your socks and your um, your boots. 
Um, you can have the best socks in the world and really bad boots, and you're still going to get blisters. Um, so one of the things I always do is like when I'm finished, I hike, I take those socks off straight away because mm. what actually happens is it's just the chafing. It's just the rubbing, constant rubbing. So you can have really good socks, mm. but a really bad boot and it'll, it'll still cause that rubbing sensation. How, how often should you, should you be using socks for? Because socks do wear, particularly on they the, do, yeah. on, on the, on the areas where they have make contact with with the boot and and, and the ground. Look, socks are one of those things that if you're gonna if you're gonna go out and buy socks, it's one of the few things um, that I would suggest spend a bit more money on. Mm-hmm. Don't go and get the El Cheapos because you're just guaranteed to get blisters, mm-hmm. especially if they're not hiking socks. Mm-hmm. And hiking socks are made so that you you know that you can walk long distances and not have. Have those problems? We have a call coming through from Eugene in Paul. How are you doing, Eugene? Hello, Lester and Tim. Hi. Uh, just, just something else. I just want to hear uh, what's happening about the the, the entrance in in Yonkersuk. Yes, you yeah, raised this last week. I heard rumors, and yeah. I saw something on, on on Facebook that some people went in again. Apparently, just for for the time being, we don't know what's going to happen now. I still want to do something at Panorama again. <laughs> Yeah, I think your your best bet is to actually phone Cape Nature and ask them whether they have changed their mind again. Um, but what I do know is that um, there was such an outcry about Yonkers Hook that they basically went back on what they said they were going to do. They were going to close it on the 1st of December, and they decided that actually there was too much public outcry that it was better to actually leave it open. So as far as I'm aware, at the moment, it's still open. But they are yeah. trying to look for alternative arrangements. Yeah, could, could still change. Uh, eh? yeah. Eugene, thanks so much, Eugene, Th- thanks, Eugene. Paul. If you have any other questions for Tim, give us a call, 021-446-0567. We also want to touch on um, our family walk that's happening yes. uh, this weekend, um, the 14th of December. If you would like, as a Cape Talk listener, like to join Tim and myself, on a very, very easy walk with you and the family, making it as accessible as possible. Tim, what are the details? So we're going to meet at 9 o'clock at uh, the west gate of Greenpoint Park, which is right opposite the Mully Point Lighthouse. Um, and I th- think there's that uh, famous, it's the, the name slips me now, of the, the famous deli, um, Newport Deli. Mm. Yeah, so it's right next to Newport Deli is... Where the new location. So if you if you're not sure of where to go to, then it's the Mully Point Lighthouse. There's a big parking lot outside the deli. Mm. You can find parking there, and we all meet at the West Gate, which is right there. Just to remind, it is the um, the Cape Town Sevens uh, rugby tournament happening at the weekend. So if you want to get there, you probably should get there a little, a little bit, bit earlier, earlier yeah. or leave your 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 home a little bit earlier so you can meet us there in 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 Greenpoint. But you've been also quite busy uh, this week, um, featured in uh, uh, the Sunday Times. Uh, yes. How's that been? Yeah, no, it's been very good. Um, so we did uh, an article on Glam Trails, which is the walking experiences in Himmel and Arda Valley in Hermanus, which is uh, wine walks and fine food um, that I guide through private land and um, farmland. So we've got exclusive uh, use to, to all of that. And um, so we actually also are now in the Getaway magazine as well for this month's Getaway magazine if you want to read about it.
And of course, um, a good friend of this station and a former colleague of mine, Jeff Aleph, he's yes. doing amazing things. If you don't know about J- Jeff Aleph, he's been on a, a campaign to do a handstand. He's, he's quite a nimble. Uh, character, especially Very. for 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 a middle aged man, but he, but Jeff has been a, a lifelong athlete, and um, every day for 2019, he's been doing a handstand. Taking a photograph of him doing a handstand in very, very interesting Cape Town locations. I think he w- did one on the cable car last yes. week. He's yeah. done one on the st- on the roof of Cape Town Stadium, and I think today he did one with you. No, so we did that yesterday, but today I think it was um, uh, Red Cross Children's Hospital mm. on the roof, that uh, where the Red Cross is on the on the building. He did a, a big handstand there, which is it's quite impressive to watch him do. Mm. I mean, you think it's just a handstand, but when you actually see what he does, he actually did a handstand on the back of our trailer, the Wasa trailer. Mm. Um, and he actually admitted it was almost as hard as the cable car. And I was like, well, we all kind of looked at me, are you mad? Because there's like quite a large difference in, in height between the cable car. And, but I think it's the, the mindset of trying to get up onto something like that and not actually flipping over the other side and falling off it. Just another question on the WhatsApp line, uh, Tim. Someone asking, uh, do anti-chafe creams work? Talking, speak about blisters. Earlier. Yeah, it depends on which, which ones you get. You get good ones and you get bad ones. And again, pharmacies will, be better to to tell you which which ones are the better ones um but your your sort of low of the range ones i've got some that uh, somebody had given me um a, as a trial and they failed doesn't good old vaseline work it does yeah it does it's a <laughs> so good old put petroleum <laughs> jelly yeah. that's all it needs another message you're saying i want to buy a reflective uh, running on pouch uh, for my cell phone when hiking but i'm worried about safety with all the robberies and muggings that have occurred uh, is this a wise decision or do we just leave our phone in our cars i think if you're going to take your phone with you uh, as a lot of people do um and you want to have a reflective um on band then absolutely go for it um, it, it's not about the armband or the cell phone. It's about where you're running. Mm. So just know about where attacks are happening and try and be aware of when they've happened and just try and stay out of those areas. Mm. Tim, I, I know you're feeling under the weather, so we can let you go a little bit earlier this evening. But of course, um, if uh, you want to give us a little bit of a detail of how people can get hold of you, if they want to engage on maybe a personal hike tour around the peninsula or elsewhere. Sure, so if they want to get a hold of me on email, it's tim at captainhiking.co.za or they can get hold of my hiking group on Facebook, which is Captain Hiking with Tim Lundy. Or they can do Twitter, which is at Hiking Captain, or Instagram to see the kind of mm. things that we get to see while we're out in the mountains. And that's Captain Hiking. And I'm looking forward to a Saturday. Just Saturday a reminder, awesome. uh, 9 o'clock meeting at the west entrance of uh, um, at Bay Road opposite the Mully Point and Greenpoint Lighthouse. Uh, we're meeting at 9 a.m. If you're not there by 9.15, I think we're just going to get walking. And if you yeah. see and you manage to catch up with a, a large group Shouldn't of people. You'll, you'll see us there. But if you want to get walking with myself and Tim Lundy on Saturday, meet us at 9 a.m. for a Cape Talk hike with Tim Lundy.